0: Hello, hello, and welcome to the first episode of What the Cup, a podcast. Today, we have DePrado, our founder and father and big brother and all-around goof, who is going to interview Amy Bilquist. Amy is a five-time NCAA national swimming champion, a USA Swim national champion has been a part of multiple record-breaking relay teams at Cal Berkeley, go Bears, is a professional swimmer currently working with the Scottsdale Aquatic Club, and is also an arena athlete. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the first episode of What the Cup, a podcast. arena athlete is here for the podcast with myofascial decompression all right so that's our kind of initial get to know some things i have a bunch of good questions but you know it's just good to see you you know alive yeah
1: it's good to see you too i miss you i miss seeing you in my week
0: yeah for sure it's it's i miss a lot of things right now but uh it sounds like things down in arizona a little crazier than here in california uh amy was just catching me up on some crazy grocery story uh stories (laughs) yeah
1: (laughs) Yeah, i mean i just feel like there's been constant brawls over toilet paper and like canned goods for about a month now so any video you see online of fighting in the grocery store there's like a pretty good chance it's coming from arizona so
0: (laughs) (laughs) i feel you there um, you know it's a little crazy over here. We have Berkeley Bowl was actually nuts on the amount of lines. You know how that place is. Wow. Oh yeah. If, for those of you that don't know Berkeley very well, it's hippies with money, and so right. combine hippies with money, they have strong opinions, and they're actually instead of being a passive flower child of like race, <laughs> it's kind of like this aggressive like push my agenda type thing upon the world because they're used to having a little bit of power. So
1: right. Yeah. Berkeley it's Bowl, a it's a whole different, a- different level of hippie oh, yeah. Berkeley.
0: Absolutely. So, yeah, Berkeley Bowl's line was around the entire block. It wrapped (gasps) up. I think it took at least an hour, hour and 20 for people to get into the store. I could never. Yeah. And people are like, just the drivers around there, I felt like tension. You could feel like palpate the anxiety and the the tension between everyone, which is kind Mm -hmm. of nuts for it all.
1: Yeah, I feel like everyone's running on really high stress right now.
0: Well, totally. It makes me stress just being around. Yeah,
1: it, it does. Interesting.
0: But uh, we're we're starting to get used to the norm here in, in San Francisco. San Francisco's starting to chill out a little bit more. So hopefully That's you're nice. you know in a good zen place there, and you know yeah. hopefully this is a good interactive social thing that we can like talk some shit and have some fun and you know, <laughs> get get some uh, feedback. To mostly I'm trying to gear this towards like other physios that work with athletes so they understand Mm some of the dynamics from people that have been doing it a long time. And then also for athletes to kind of understand a better perspective of the both immediate and like long-term effects of like how you manage injuries, especially, you know, chronic injuries or multiple injuries or like, you know, the the spreadsheet of injuries that you have dealt with in your time.
1: Oh yeah, I could write a book.
0: (laughs) Exactly, from the, you know, athletic things to the not so athletic things.
1: I just have an umbrella, you know, spectrum. get everything. cover right.
0: the spectrum, It's great. All right, yeah. so um, my first one that I want to do is just kind of talk about your first experience ever with putting a suction cup on your body. So what was your first yeah. myofascial decompression experience that you remember, either from uh, your athletic trainer or your physio or whoever it was?
1: Um, so I would say my first like cupping experience was my trainer, uh, my physical trainer at Cal and Caslin um I was like uh oh, my back's kind of tight she's like okay have you done cupping before and I was like um no like I was a little freshman I was super scared and she's like okay like lay down we'll put this on you and then the first one when it started like sucking my skin up I'm like is this how it's supposed to feel
0: <laughs> I like um, edging up there
1: like, yeah whoa. yeah um so that was kind of it, it was crazy but then when I took it off the next day I just felt so much better but then I It was on my back, so I wasn't really aware of the time that there was like a ton of bruising on my back and I wore a tank top to class the next day and someone like tapped me on the back. like, Are you okay? Like, what's on your back? And I was like, what, is there something on my back? Um, But yeah, so that took a little bit of adjusting too. but I would say that was just like very basic cupping was my
0: very first time. Mm -hmm. Cool. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, backs are used a lot for, you know, just kind of making things less tight, less tension. Um, and Caslin is someone that I've worked with for many years. So she's seen me do it in the training room as well and different yeah. varieties and everybody approaches it a little different uses it a little different in their toolbox, right? Everybody has mm-hmm. a toolbox of skills and they pull out the tools they think are appropriate for, you know, whatever thing. And so, yeah, low backs, yeah. I think it's really simple to throw it on there and make it a little less hypertonic in terms of like the muscle tension mm-hmm. in there. So it's a really yeah. quick kind of tool to kind of ease it up a little bit and things like that. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, when you remember seeing that mark for the first time, did you feel like something went wrong or was it like something that like you wanted to show off? Like, how how did it feel for you? Um,
1: at first, I, I think I was like a little embarrassed in class, but then I was walking around and I was like, no, I feel like kind of cool. Like, I feel like this is like, I'm an athlete. Yeah. You know, I have these marks on my back and it was kind of also, this was right before the summer of twenty sixteen when like Michael Phelps had it at yeah. the Olympics. Yeah. So no one quite knew what it was, but it was so funny after the Olympics walking around and just seeing like every type of person like with a cup on, like a cup mark somewhere on their body. I was like, oh, so everyone's like trying to get into this now and
0: you're like a trend um, <laughs> Yeah. I
1: was like, I've had this done before. People would be like, Have you ever had it done? Michael had it done. I'm like, listen, I've been on this train for a while. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah
0: that's awesome yeah I mean it definitely took off after that point and kind of changed the spectrum of like how it was interpreted and things like that so uh, right yeah I think it's really interesting like that so first time back that's cool Mm -hmm. Um, tell us just you know maybe in a succinct kind of way what other injuries have you had or dealt with it you know and what not every injury because we couldn't stay here for hours on end no but uh, what kind of injuries have you had where your sports medicine provider has used MFD specifically like you know, maybe five or six of them that you can recall or, or kind of think of?
1: Yeah, I would say I suffered slash kind of still suffer from chronic intermedial tibia stress fractures. Um, So that's just kind of, I've had like 15 in the past six years. So I've just had a lot of stress fractures on both legs, um, kind of just come and go as they please. I'm a swimmer. So it's kind of weird that I get them. And it's always kind of been a medical mystery, quote unquote, from like the doctors I've seen. But I've did every kind of PT under the books. I did everything to try to help alleviate the pain. And I think the first time I ever saw you um was the first time I used MFD for an injury per se. Mm-hmm. And um I was so nervous, I just felt like I was like, What it's cupping, like I've had stress fractures for years. Like this isn't going to work. Like this is ridiculous. And then I remember you putting it on like certain spots, like lower kind of by my ankle and under the foot and everything. And then I was like, okay, they're on. But then you were like, okay, now move it. And I was like, "Mm,
0: what?
1: (laughs) "Mm, Are you sure? And so then I started moving and I was like, this is unbelievable pain. Like, are you sure it's supposed to be like this? And then I remember the next day I was like, oh, I have a little spring in my step. Like I got out of bed and I didn't feel as bad. And I think we stayed on that and my stress fractures definitely went down and we were able to like control them and stuff so i'd say it's been the biggest help for my stress fracture and also when i broke my foot and the fifth net avulsion fracture it was definitely like a big help in getting me back into the pool and having just a quicker recovery time as well so those were probably the two biggest injuries i had while having that
0: cool cool yeah i was kidding when i said like six or seven or whatever There, there's lots of things but yeah it, it, you are a medical mystery because of the stress fracture nature and the recurrent stress fractures for a swimmer it's just not a very common pathology that we see necessarily in sports medicine and all that. so yeah it was very interesting and you know my approach definitely was like attack the things above and below which is what a lot of providers i think miss over is like the stress fracture isn't the problem it's the reason for other things not doing their job or other things being really tight or pulling too much, right? Soft Mm -hmm. tissue tension starts that pull of the bone on that periosteum before you get any type of fracture line or any type of fracture changes at that osseous structure, so. And I
1: think meeting you and talking to you about that, like that changed my whole perspective on the injury. I was just like, I have no idea why these are happening. Like I don't run. I don't really jump that much. This doesn't make sense. And then once you said, like your like your soft tissues are pulling or your soft tissues are tight. And I could like run my fingers along the bone and see exactly what you were talking about and really be able to start to monitor my stress fracture likeliness by being like, this is really tight right now. I need to step away for a little bit and get work done and then come back to it. So that was like the biggest game changer in my
0: injury absolutely it empowers the athlete right because Mm -hmm. if you have a fracture you feel helpless like nothing you can do will help that but when you think about it from a biomechanical perspective of like these soft tissues are pulling so hard that it's causing changes at the bone now all of a sudden you have power to change some of that stuff
1: right and it was definitely like the same spot i was getting the stress fractures like my stress fractures were in like within a two inch like spacing on my bone all the time so it was definitely something that kept happening and I just didn't know what it was. So it was definitely those soft tissues pulling at that exact spot all the time and really getting that to calm down and learn the new patterns um, was really beneficial.
0: Great. That's a great segue into my next question, which is kind of what would you say is your description of what MFD does for the body from a scientific perspective, but in using your own words and interpretation, again, we know you're not a science major and we don't expect you to talk the lingo. I don't expect you to get it right at all. But like in your words, <laughs> yeah. tell me tell me what you think that kind of scientific perspective of how it's helping people's bodies recover, either from injury or maintenance mm-hmm. also from the things that kind of go on with the daily grind of practice all the time.
1: Yeah, um, for me, definitely not a scientific term, but I would like to call it it's breaking up the sticky part. Or like sticky parts absolutely um of my body, uh less so like whether that be the soft tissue, the muscles, the fascia, whatever it is, um it's really breaking that up and allowing it now to slide and glide easier, and also helping change those patterns that were probably making it so sticky all the time, so I'm really just learning new patterns while also making sure that it's gliding better now, so in that in my non scientific terms, that's how I would describe it. <laughs>
0: Well, actually, I think you might have hit it on the head better than many physios that I've talked to and worked with. So you no, know, so I spent
1: way too much time with you. I'm just yeah,
0: kidding. Or other providers that do this type of stuff. Yeah. You've been in the training room too long, yo.
1: Long, <laughs> that, that,
0: that's true. That part might be true. But thank you. That's, that's a great way. And uh, sticky points is like a really kind of, you know, lay term that you can use to really describe it and, and see it from, a, like you said, that fascial standpoint things. That's awesome. Right. Super good um let me let me go into like maintenance stuff like you Mm -hmm. grind out weight training you grind out swim practice you grind out all kinds of stuff on the dance floor I'm sure you know yes like how do you maintain yourself you know either currently or in the past with a modality like myofascial decompression to be able to keep you going you know right
1: so in my collegiate career I had to see a physical therapist every week just with everything I had going on and then once I saw you, I, things really started to change before. It was just, they were trying to trying to fix the problem. And then when I started seeing you, we were fixing the problem, then began to prevent the problem. So for me, it was like going in every single week and having MFD done in some type of way to be like, my stress fracture might not hurt right now, but I'm feeling like kind of stuck in this part and I don't want it to lead to that. So it was really just consistent maintenance for it. And I found that super beneficial. And I think that's really what helped me like complete my collegiate career um on a good note especially and just also gain confidence as an athlete to be like I've worked so much with you now that I know my just body awareness is super high and I know when something's sticky or something's like starting to not go the right way to really be able to communicate that with you and get in and see you for
0: Sure, For for sure yeah that's great you know way of looking at it you know it's able to overcome these little hurdles or these little speed Mm -hmm. bumps that are going to come up no matter what you're going to train hard and that training hard makes tissues you know either get hypertonic again or you know overused or different things like that um totally um let's switch in something funny um what's the craziest thing you ever saw with a cup on somebody's body on your body on on a response from some athlete in the training room some freak out moment or some like crazy thing that they've done like what, what mm. can you remember of like something funny that's happened to either yourself or one of your teammates or someone else in the training room?
1: Yeah. So I remember we saw this like fad on Instagram that was like cupping helps remove cellulite. So <laughs> my roommates and I had a little cupping kick <laughs> <laughs> and we were like, Let's see if it works. So we were cupping each other's butts. Okay. And, like, it wasn't leaving too much bruising, which was good because we didn't want it to look too weird at practice the next day. But it left one bruise on, like, someone's. And, like, you could just see when we walked on deck, our coach is kind of like, hmm, hmm but I think the other funny one I've seen that I haven't done, I saw this one on social media, was like facial cupping for like acne and stuff, but I've seen people leave it on too long and just get those gnarly circles on their faces. Um, also, I don't really think it works for um, cellulite. I, I think we kind of debunked that one.
0: So. Yeah, okay, I mean, <laughs> collect more data, do more sample size yeah. see what you get. But uh, yeah, I'm kind of leaning towards that as well myself. But. You never know, you know? I mean, yeah. I just
1: like to believe, you know?
0: <laughs> I want the pill. I want the pill from making me spelt. Yeah. <laughs> svelte. I want to be svelte.
1: Yeah. Also, don't tell Anne about that butt cupping
0: <laughs> not tell Anne, yeah, for sure. They probably still are doing it. You guys probably pass it down from generation to generation. Yeah. Or year to year. It's just year. a little
1: secret. Just Once a year,
0: try it out. <laughs> Looking good in our Speedo, in our Yeah. Arena. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um cool that's that's fun stuff um are there other athletes that you've talked to outside of cal that you kind of interacted with that use mild compression or some form of cups um, in their management too
1: yeah um i think swimming as a whole may be one of the sports that uses it more so than others um but i've definitely seen some people come in to practice with cups on their backs and i'll be like oh like where'd you get that done? Like, who did that for you? All this stuff. And they're like, oh, and I was like, how'd they do it? And they would just tell me the basic cupping. And I'm so much more of a fan of MFD now than just like the basic cupping, just because I just had so much better results. So anytime someone like tries to tell me about cupping, I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, You have to like go <laughs> further, do yeah. like the MFD, like do all of that. A little and, more intense, um, a little more moving. Yeah. A more moving. I was like, oh, you think cupping's easy? Uh-uh. You mm-hmm. haven't tried anything yet. Um, but no, and I mean, I definitely saw a lot of athletes at Cal had it, but um, as you get to like the national level and swimming and stuff, um, it's pretty much everywhere. MFD or some form of like dry needling, stuff like that tend to go hand in hand um, with like the higher level athletes. But yeah, I, I really only ever heard good things about MFD, especially like you treated a lot of my teammates too. And it was always kind of the highlight of our week, we're like, yeah, we get to see him today, like, we're gonna feel so good, like, I would always try to see you in the middle of the week, because then
0: <laughs> I would feel better by the
1: end of the week, oh, <laughs> so yeah,
0: right, get over that hump, yeah, Um. yeah, let's talk real quick about, it's really sad to see this whole season canceled, um, yeah. you know, all the things that are going on, like, we have to do this, we have to protect our old people, we have to protect right. you know, the, the health and social well-being of people here in, in the states and whatnot, um, but how has that affected people you know at the collegiate level or at the national level? Like, what is the vibe? Like, how are you guys getting through? Um, I just thought of this question right now because I think it's something yeah. that we don't really understand the athlete perspective of it at all and, like, what that looks like. And, you know, Tokyo Games are postponed. Yay. It's going to mm-hmm. come at some point. But, like, how does it make you guys feel? And, like, how, how are you overcoming some of that, like, burden? Um,
1: yeah. So, I, I mean, my heart goes out to my teammates at Cal all the years like all the grade levels even like the freshmen but the seniors who are going to NCs I can't even fathom how that must feel um, my heart goes out to every single one of them I know my senior year A's was my favorite meet of my entire career like all my whole career not just collegiate career and just to have that be so close and then to not have that opportunity just breaks my heart for them. And I think they all totally understand why it needed to happen. And I don't think any athlete out there is being selfish and saying that needed to, like, that was a dumb decision. However, I think a lot of people were kind of hounding athletes at first. Like how could you be so selfish to want NCs to happen and stuff like that? But I, I think you needed, the athletes needed more time to process and give them space to breathe. Like of course their first response is going to be emotional I couldn't imagine one senior athlete sitting there and fully grasping that concept within an hour of the news, you know, and that's when people were really starting to talk to them. And I think now people are coming around more to be able to process, like refocus their goals and get going on it. But it still looks so different because I mean, 99% of us don't have access to pools right now. Um, But I think for people like me who quote unquote put my life on hold for a year to try to chase the Olympic dream one more time, it's really hard because it's like, financially, do I move on and get a job? Also, now we're headed to a recession. So like trying to get a job at this time is tough. Or yeah. do I just pull, hold out and try for one more year? And for me, I just couldn't imagine looking back in 10, 20, 30 years and being like, I didn't just put one more year into it. Um, so I'm going to keep going. But I just, I, my heart goes out for people who just financially can't keep going. And this was a dream for them
0: that's really yeah there's so many factors so many variables that go into each person's decision like what's going on with it but yeah thanks for sharing that athlete perspective Mm -hmm. and kind of things and and yeah like you said like the seniors this year it sucks especially for cal they were doing so well i mean they were poised to they were gonna they were gonna kill it you know so yeah
1: they were up there for sure yeah
0: it's kind of kind of a bummer type thing all right let's end on a happy note what do you look like you know six months from now the COVID's shelter in place is lifted you're doing what are you doing and how are you getting to where you want to be um come you know six months from now to a year from now
1: yeah um I'm in the pool <laughs> now and I'm training really hard going to the gym lifting and I think for me a lot of it is being able to like be present and where I'm at so if I'm at the pool I'll be really present there and then when I'm gone just let the pool go for a little bit and for me it's also really important to keep up physical therapy even though my body may appear to be healthy a lot of things have snuck up on me in the past so just really keep the physical therapy under control and stuff and just i mean i'm just so lucky to have the thought of six and six months to be able to keep swimming like to me i've had swimming get taken away from me and given back to me so many different times that if i have the opportunity to do it at the level i want to do it i'm just really excited about it at this point so In six months, hopefully I'll be holding my breath underwater somewhere, swimming some laps, Um, healthy.
0: Absolutely. Um,
1: Yeah.
0: Getting that once a week, Wednesday MFD in, you know? Yeah, you have to. (laughs) Well, that's great. I'm super happy to have had a chance to talk to you today and like meet up with this. This is great.
1: Yeah, I miss you so much. (laughs) Things are going to be
0: great for you sometime soon, I'm sure. You know, you persevere over all things, so I have no doubt that you're going to be successful in whatever you're doing. Thank you. Yeah. I just I I really enjoyed your comments and some of the things you know this being our first podcast of like getting the athlete perspective of it I want to share this stuff and like get it out there and I think this is a good good place to start with some of your thoughts and it's really great to see you Amy
1: yeah it's awesome talking to you thanks
0: yeah we're so formal I'm sorry you got to call me Despacito and I gotta call you I know
1: I didn't know if I could everyone I call him Despacito this is really hard the whole time
0: (laughs) (laughs) it's so good to see you oh my gosh
1: bye